0: When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Slap, 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 slap.
1: Les différents podcasts de frappe.
0: Arsenal have been through that mile and a half of pipe like Andy Dufresne in The Shawshank Redemption, where you have to
1: see the light at the end of the tunnel. El podcast de golpe diferente. But Arsenal are going through their pipe, like I say. We'll be back. The different knock podcast. Maybe we'll have a good surprise
0: for you. Welcome back. It is warm, an Arsenal podcast uh, with Alexander Manipenny and my very topless friend. Uh, this is the OnlyFans version of the diff knock for you all. Uh, hello, mate. How are you? <clears throat> Bradley and I are currently sans shirt. Um, yeah, apart- oh, actually, I didn't, I didn't tell you this. I have COVID. <laughs> so apart, <laughs> apart from, apart from uh, climate crisis uh, causing rocketing temperatures... Uh, evacuation and people saying, oh what a lovely hot day it is, while completely ignoring the context and being in the grips of a disease that has ruined the last two years for most people. I'm pretty good, Brad. How are you? <laughs> what were we saying last time? <laughs> Hope you're good, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you're good, listeners. Let's yeah, move on. Let's from move that. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Fuck it hell.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we look like we're doing some sort of other other type of podcast today. And I'm hoping Brad's going to go on some of his long meandering thoughts so then I can turn my fan on because otherwise you'll just hear this the whole podcast, which... Um... Anyway, um, we've 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 recorded this already. We've, yeah. we've had to redo it so we won't do any of the bollocks small talk which, frankly, most people are pretty happy about. Let's talk about Arsenal. Let's not, not Let's talk about it. the depressing stuff in the world. Let's ignore it for this blissful hour. Um, so news has broken about alexander sinchenko of course uh, there's also news going on about uh, us potentially looking at a new winger uh, all sorts of stuff going on in the arsenal world as the transfer n- uh, window rumbles on mm-hmm. but arsenal did play another preseason game in uh, baltimore if i want to say yes. Um, yes, yes yes at the mnt stadium i know that's what it's called uh, against everton 2-0 um yeah, as we said last time, there's there's certain things to take from a pre-season game and other things uh, not at all. But before we get on to the really important stuff about uh, who's coming into our club, which, by the way, that is all a football club is, it's just a a vehicle for transfer news. That's that's there's no football should actually happen. It should just be rumours. <laughs> that's all it should be. Uh, overall thoughts on the game. And, and yeah, what did you, what did you take from it? Cause I, I found it less edifying than the last one, but that might be because I was slightly drunk and it was 2am.
1: Yes. I, I didn't actually watch the game live. I uh, was not in any way going to stay up till 2am in this blistering heat, sweating my testicles off. Um, as, so I watched, it was really interesting for the first time to kind of see a result and watch it without w- knowing that. And without the, you know, I've done a I've rewatched a couple of times, but to watch it for a first time, knowing the end result was, it was quite interesting. Firstly, though, I, I do not understand why they're, um, why they are oh God, broadcasting them at, at, at these times. I don't know why they haven't found that appropriate time to do it, um, to suit both audiences uh, the fact that, you know, it, you, we're having to stay up till two o'clock in the morning to watch the club. Obviously, I think it gives us a real insight into international fans and what they go through. But I did just find that a bit annoying. Secondly, uh, paying 6 99 for it was a, was obviously I didn't do it. I feel it's a bit of, slap, of a slap in the face seeing as Everton made it free for their season ticket holders and members. Um, on the game itself, I mean, it is the most. You know, classic game of two halves because of the amount of substitutions we made. I've ever seen, Um and I think the main thing to glean from it is just how fucking pony Everton are. Christ Almighty, they are shite. They are. They are. Unless something serious changes, going down. They are. They are absolute <laughs> doo doo. Frank Lampard looks like he's aged about. Twenty years in the
0: last two years, which to be fair, it must be a very stressful job. Um, yeah, I yeah, I also found the whole timing thing interesting. I, I I'm not a conspiracy theorist. It's not even a conspiracy, really, is it? But I I do find the placement of where Arsenal go during preseason. I imagine is very tactical, which is fine. It's just interesting that it's America this time, which just signed an American player. I just I, I wonder what the um mls i think i think it uh, america no they are america hosting the 2026 world cup so i wonder whether we'll see us going to america over the next couple of seasons i'd be interested to find out what that business is about and actually there's no shame in that at all it's just i wish there was a bit of compromise of an understanding that actually Mm -hmm. you know where most and most fans are going to be and yeah 699 or 599 is 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 ridiculous um but I paid it because this club have me by the balls. Um, (laughs) So look, in terms of the game itself, I, I enjoy the feeling that a sort of first 11, 15, 16, 17 are really forming. Uh, I looked at that team and it's not far off really where I hope, what I hope we're going to be on day one at Selhurst Park, probably with, you know, in terms of where we were the other night without Tommy Asu uh, possibly Zinchenko coming in at left back or we'll we'll, we'll we'll have that discussion later um new left eight maybe a new winger and possibly with ben white and ramsdale but other than that we're looking we're looking pretty pretty similar certainly that front three um is i imagine what everyone will want to start on on day one at sohos park so we're starting to get a look at this team and um, what i find interesting as well this preseason is being approached very very differently to last preseason I seem to remember seeing a lot more of sort of, I remember seeing, is it Jack Harry Francis or something like in a shirt, six sizes too big for him and sort of, you know, seeing a lot of, um, youth players and seeing a lot more sort of experimentation, uh, in terms of personnel, we are seeing experimentation in terms of, um, system, which we should come to, um, but yeah, in terms of personnel, it feels like we're really trying to hit the ground running and really just avoid what happened last season, which is understandable. We we were totally burned by that. Um and I like that. I like I like the feeling that we're using preseason as a way of really getting us there, really, really trying. And we absolutely flew out of the blocks and were pressing really, really hard. Um, I will never get over Gabriel Jesus <laughs> scoring his goals, and then immediately pre- we get a, we get a close shot of him immediately pressing while doing the side of the cross. I find it so funny. It's just it's just like this image that I absolutely love of of this new mentality at Arsenal, which is is so great. But um, yeah, it, it is interesting to me, and I think it's notable that we are clearly trying to get a proper run-up at the season and not get caught out, playing Premier League opposition, playing top-level opposition, not doing too much around it. And and um, and yeah, I, I, I like that. In terms of the experimentation, though, second half, we played through at the back. Uh, I think we did in the second half of last game as well. Could be mistaken, but I think that's correct. I think there's some change afoot. I think people go into seasons often thinking... So probably just subconsciously, we'll play the same way as we did last time. Essentially, you know, we'll, we'll stick with the 4-3-3 pretty much the whole way through. We'll not be able to, not necessarily not be able to, but we won't adapt during game states, et cetera, et cetera. Things won't change too much. We're just trying to upgrade on positions. And I don't think that's how coaches and the coaching teams think about it. I think they're constantly, obviously, looking for ways to um, create competitive advantages. And this three at the back stuff isn't going away. So, I think it's an interesting thing to discuss. I mean, what's your take on that I suppose looking at the personnel, I can understand us moving towards that in certain game states and looking at certain situations and going can we can we do something different here? Can we be less predictable? Mikel's spoken about that saying he wants to be less predictable, and as good as we were at some points last season, we were a little bit predictable um and I think we had the personnel to do it. As I say, you know, Martin Elliott wing back. I don't, I don't hate the idea of not saying he should be there for the whole season in a in a three five two system. But you know, for parts of games when we're say struggling for control in the midfield or, or whatever you you're trying to do with that three five two, I don't mind it. And, and if we're looking at our centre back group, um, there's a lot of adaptability there that makes it more possible. But yeah, I'm interested in your your take on the sort of variability there. I think
1: it's something that we will see in as in-game switches rather than what we start out in. I think we we seem to have found some fluency with this four-three-three and balance, and I think that that, if you look at the philosophy that he likes to play, is going to be something that the that I I do think that we're likely to approach most games from. But this availability to bring not only ketia and former front two on, but then also have really dangerous wing backs with Martinelli and, and possibly somebody else. I don't, I don't know who we would play on that right-hand side. It, I think it's something that if we're chasing a goal or chasing a couple of goals, we'll see switch to a bit more often because we saw the success of it a couple of times last season. And, uh, i I think it could also be the 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 personnel that we've taken out on the tour with us if we've you know we've taken out more more forwards and more more wing backs and and such we're gonna have to find if we're taking them out to play we're gonna have to find ways of making that happen but I can see this kind of three five two creeping in as like a sixty fifth minute seventieth minute if we're down and out a goal down and plan a isn't working getting two very skilled movers in Jesus and in Ketia on together up front, creating that chaos. Martinelli on that left wing back, Erdegaard in the pocket and somebody equally as dangerous on the right could, could cause a hell of a lot of teams some problems. So I think that, that it's, 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 it's a battle. It's like a, it's something for the, the playbook to coin an American phrase. Uh, it, I don't think it will be the main strategy, um, and I think that that's kind of also clear from our from our recruitment this season. We obviously liked what we found come the end of last season, and we're trying to kind of level up in terms of squad depth and level up in terms of certain positions within that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. I I'm, I'm not a football coach, so I I can't sit here and explain to you. Exactly why a three-five-two or a three-four-three is 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 better. I, I I know and understand about a lot more about our four-three-three and think it provides us a lot more superiority on the pitch in terms of all the positional play stuff, numerical positional qualitative etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I think that covers the most zones and gives us the most control, which is what we're going to want. But then shifting between those things, you you see the differences, even if it's just in in giving up places on the pitch and perhaps you know sacrificing a bit of space in behind uh, for a bit more. Uh, sort of uh qualitative uh, and quantitative stuff further forward i'm looking at our personnel as well and going it makes a lot of sense and actually you know a phrase <laughs> i i i'm not afraid to say it. i watch quite a bit of lee gunner because i find him absolutely hilarious i, I and i and so interesting because i think it's it's like not only challenging your own views and i'm not I, this isn't a Thing about league Under to go down a path with, but I just do think it's interesting to look at people who just think of the game think of the game so differently. And one of the things actually he's picked out is that you know he's annoyed that versatility is the new sort of uh, soup de jour. Do you know, what I mean? it's the new thing that everyone's sort of um, uh, concerned about. But actually, it's sort of a good point, not accidentally well, accidentally made. In that I'm looking at our team, and I see a lot of players who I think can play in a number of different positions. Jesus, most most across you know most positions across the f- front three. Martinelli can play on the left and through the middle. Anketi on left and the middle. Pepe is stuck on the right, but we know we know he's headed off. Saka can play in a number of positions. Wing back could possibly play in the middle, etc. Smith Rowe, blah blah blah. You're going through, and I'm looking at all of these positions and going. Actually, there's a lot of variability. There is a lot of variability in terms of where our players can play, and why not use that you know mm-hmm. why not you why not use that and why not get get used to that and get used to that sort of switching in in game um we spoke about this as well you know arsenal if you said to me this summer there's an english player who's 24 25 comfortable on either wing at at wing back can play at central midfield can invert and become the sort of auxiliary third central midfielder he's homegrown, you know, all these sort of positive things, but Arsenal don't want him, I'd be going, why? He sounds perfect. It's Ainsley Maitland-Niles. I mean, and that's one of my frustrations with him is that, you know, this is a slight sort of tangent, but if we're trying to play this sort of variable, flexible system where we can move out of the 4 3 into different, different game states and, and different sort of uh, formations during the game, he, he is so good for that. He is so good as someone who can form part of the sort of first 16, 17 as one of these players, like an Emil Smith-Rowe, like a Benjamin White, who can shift around and become something slightly different and possibly like a Zinchenko. I, I, don't, think it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that this is happening while we're also signing likes of Fabio Vieira, Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko, who all look like they can play in a number of different positions.
1: Football is less and less about positions and more and more about zones on a pitch. We've had that conversation a couple of times, and it it, it rings true. Uh, Alexander Zinchenko, if he, we'll talk about him later, um, but if he does come in and plays at left back, he won't be playing in purely at the left back half side of defence. You know. One thing I will say about Maitland-Niles is I don't think he's ever excelled in any of these positions or been excellent for a for a real stretch of time. I think he's has been an okay player and that's the difference, isn't it?
0: But he got in the England when, team
1: as a wing back. I'm not, I'm not saying he was the best wing back in the world, but if, no, uh, from his perspective, course. surely you're going I can I can guess something here. Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if this conversation is, is pre the loan moves to West Brom and to, to Roma and all of that shit, then I agree with you. But the boy is now 24, 25, has never really excelled for any stretch of games at any one position. You know, it, whilst it is good to have a, to have versatile players, the you want them to be good in all of those positions and, and to the, to the, like the thing with Sinchenko that looks amazing is he will perform brilliant, like very well at left back, as well as in central midfield. The thing that's great about Smith Rowe is he can perform brilliant on the left or as an interior eight. Um, the same with, uh, you know, uh, uh, Fabio Vieira, the same with, with Bakayo Saka. These are all players that are, that have a position. Saka is a right winger. He's one of the best right wingers in the league right now, but he can also play very well off the left and cover left back very well or play right wing back very well. The difference with Maitland-Niles is, is if his main position is a right wing back, he's been okay as a right wing back. He's also been all right as a central midfielder and he's been all right as, a left, as an inverted left wing back. He's never been uh, excellent, gra- like ground-breaking and that I think has been the difference with him, and I think that's his own fault for not picking a position and applying himself. And before we b- bought Tommy Asu, there was a, there was real birth for him to make that right back slot his own, and he he pissed it away. Um, but that that ship has long long sailed. He's not technically good enough to play in our midfield now. I don't think he's he's good enough to play at right back. Seeing as we're going to start in a four most times, maybe if we're you know, possibly thinking about keeping him because we keep shifting to this to this three five two. That might be an option, but then he's only got a year left on his contract. I think so. Why wouldn't we just get him out and then keep somebody who's got longer? You know, I I don't see a future for ANZ maitland Lanas at the club anymore. I think his opportunity has surpassed him, um, and it's it's a shame. But you can't. We can't. We can't allow for what could have been two to three years ago anymore because you know there is every opportunity that we give him a chance to be part of the the 16 17 this season and you know yeah there's a chance that he could smash it but if you look at his performance the fact that he couldn't get into a Roma team uh, you know didn't get a crazy amount of minutes um, there and then you look at his stint at West Brom in the midfield as well when he's played in preseason this season in the midfield I've thought his his technical ability is just not at the level that we need anymore. And you look at the likes of Fabio Vieira and Alexander Sinchenko. We're bringing in technicians. We're bringing in people who ultimately are brilliant with the ball. Maitland-Niles isn't that. That's never like I've never looked at Maitland-Niles and gone, "Is going to drop a forty-yard pinger onto a onto a sixpence?" Is you know. That's never been what he is. So maybe we should move on and not expect him to be, especially seeing as that's the way we're going to want to play moving forward.
0: Yeah. I, I, you know, technically, look, they're professional football players. They're good at football, but there's there's levels, right? That in, yeah. And and yeah, I agree. There's never been a sort of moment where I've gone, oh my God, Mettler-Niles can do something that no one else can do kind of thing. But I suppose my frustration is more with the player, really. You know, I'm looking at this variable, flexible system that, that seems to be forming kind of in front of our eyes. And I imagine will be a big theme of us this season. I imagine there'll be a lot of pieces and analysis saying, you know, how Arsenal move through their sort of systems. And, may, and who knows, maybe this is going to be the sort of the hallmark of an Arteta team is that they don't really ever settle in one sort of specific, uh, understandable and sort of identifiable formation. Who knows? We're seeing something happen. And that's my frustration is that Maitland-Niles is such a good could be such a good player in that system. Um but then, you know, you can't you can't win them all and, you know, as I say I'm looking at this team and I'm going there's a lot of variability here. Um in terms of the game itself quickly before we get onto Zinchenko, uh nothing majorly interesting happened. I thought the point you made was was a good one that seems to be a lot of interchanging between the front three which I think will we'll see uh, as a kind of hallmark, we were really aggressive in the press, really, really aggressive, which again is something that I've said, uh, I think will change this season. I think we'll see a lot more. I think we'll see our PPDA go down a lot. Um, I think we'll see us pressing a lot more just because of the five subs thing. And also because we're signing players who are um, from not necessarily pressing systems, but people who are either press resistant or are people who have this unbelievable engine about them. And um you know, you looked at Marquinhos that first uh first game the other day I and mean, he looked
1: He got that dog. <laughs> he
0: got that dog, you know. But no, but he had that sort of tenacious, aggressive mm. energy in him, which you need in a press. And as much as, you know, you need to coach it and you need it needs to be understood, and it doesn't it, it can't be this sort of, you know, out of control Gagan press, you know, with no with no kind of understanding of actually when what position you need to stand in, how to block off the lane, et cetera. Et cetera. But Mm-hmm. but you're seeing a sort of high press and an intense intensity to the game that uh, that is exciting. That's very exciting. Um, yeah, nothing... I didn't have anything major on the game. Again... It, it,
1: we looked worse in the second half, but that's no surprise considering some of the people that we brought on. I think it's, again, pre is just making clearer and clearer. If you were a surgeon, you're starting to see the parts of the squad that need kind of excising pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, because I, I I especially at the start of preseason thought there was a conversation to be had about if betis aren't going to put up the money for Bellerin do we keep Bellerin and let his contract expire and sell Cedric but the more I've watched in preseason the more I go and 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 Cedric isn't good enough as it is but he's a better option just it just is here Bellerin puts us into so much pressure at points like you said he always plays that space contracting pass I just and there's a couple of players that 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 are fast, kind of getting themselves on that list of of excess fat that needs trimming.
0: Hmm. Well, yeah, and Rural Walters, his play is looked comfortable at right centre back. It supposedly has played right back for under twenty three It was at left back yesterday. So you have got another defender there who who Arteta seems to trust. Is seventeen years old. So you know, and he, it's interesting actually. There was, a, there was a moment where he put his hand on the small of Arteta's back when he was talking to him. And I thought, that's a very confident move for a 17-year-old. Like imag- just, just imagine from a moment in your life, a 17-year-old work experience kid or something, putting the hand on the small of the back of the boss. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a very sort of... Um, and it doesn't, you know. I am not, I'm not casting aspersions on him, but I am saying it, it, it shows a comfortability with 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 these guys. Yeah. It, show, it shows a level of confidence, which is no bad thing at all. As in, in, in no way am I saying it's a bad thing. But I saw it and I thought that's interesting. You know, he's got this sort of. Comfortability and this sort of air around him, I think, of, of, of um, confidence, which, which is what you need at that age. If you have got, the t- there's so many kids who have the technical ability, no problem. It's the mentality side of it that, that you know, not being overawed, not being um, sort of sort of crumbling under the pressure. Um, but yeah, look, uh, it's it's a very old squad. You know, Rule Waters, I think, is the only. Um, uh, say old <laughs> it's, it's Arsenal so <laughs> it's still loads of kids but um, it's it, relatively in terms of a pre-season friendly it looks like a very very strong squad let's say that um, and that I think indicates what we were saying earlier really that, that Arteta is just trying to absolutely barrel into this season and, and 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 not get caught out and be be ready you know I think uh, a, a good point made that the day I can't remember what it was but someone made a good point about Smith Rowe Um, that he he's already back I think he you know finished under 21s and he was playing in the first game of preseason he finished way later than everyone else and started as early as everyone else so you know clearly there's a there's a hunger and desire for for this team to sort of get uh, into tip top shape for the start of the season Uh, right it's been 25 minutes Brad people are dying dying for the Zinchenko chat Uh, before we discuss Zinchenko let's have a little bit of a break Thank you to those of you us on Patreon. On patreon.com forward slash you get access to ad-free versions of the post-game preview and TDK short podcast for just £3 a month, Brad. But the most important part is you're supporting the podcast, YouTube, and more for less than the price of a coffee a month. And helping us grow it, it really would mean the world. Speaking of coffee, for one-time support, head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash if where you can...
1: Buy me a coffee.
0: Coffee. The links are in the show description. Right, Brad. Oleksandr Zinchenko. It's a very interesting move. It's a very interesting move. I I love the sound of him, and I think before we get into the sort of specifics of him as a player, I'd love to talk about the deal itself and and kind of what it represents in terms of. It's another guy who has something to prove. I think in the kind of Jesus um, potentially Tillman's type. Thing. he's 25 he obviously has has won a lot but it's not he's never been a first choice starter I think something like he's he's averaged 25 appearances or um, no it might be starts I can't remember he's averaged something like 25 games a season for Man City and he's not had and particularly I think he had one injury in like the 18-19 season or something like he's really not played as much as we think he does I, I listened to someone earlier who um chief uh, sports writer of the uh, Manchester Evening News, I can't remember his name, said something along the lines of, he always seemed to sort of pick it up at the end of the season. He always seemed to be included a lot more at the end of the season, at crunch time. And actually he played the Champions League final over Gerard Cancelo and over Ben Mendy, who was um, available at the time. So he was is someone, he? I think so. Well, he was on the bench in the Champions League final, so he must, he must've been available. Um, Try, you can have a look. You can look it up. He, he was. I looked it up because um, because I I was interested why he why he started. Oh but he God. did. Yeah.
1: That's that's fucked with my perception of time.
0: Yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting move. I think it's another. Yeah. As I say, someone who needs to not needs to, but you know, is is looking to uh, to sort of uh, prove themselves. Someone who following a kind of theme in this uh, transfer window again is someone who's an extraordinary technician look every player we're going to say is good is good you know is good with good at football of course if you're a Premier League football player you're going to be good at football you're going to have good ball skills that's it but it's the kind of the next level and if you look at his uh, passing numbers compared to other fullbacks it is absolutely crazy crazy he's in like the 95th or above for pretty much every metric you can think of on the ball you know he grew up as an attacking midfielder but we're looking to have this team of people who don't lose the ball and if you look at man city's um average possession this season i think it's something like 68 percent of the ball they've had which is an incredible number and I think that's what Arteta is looking for. He's looking to basically not lose the ball. Actually, there was an interesting clip of him shouting at Maitland-Niles for misplacing a pass. I think he's, he's getting to a point now where he's saying, I'm not wanting any moment of sort of uh, lack of concentration on the ball. It's adding press resistance. I think Zinjenko will probably, well, we'll come onto his position in a moment. But I think in terms of the deal itself, 30 million for someone at that stage of his career, uh, I like it. I like it, and I, and I think it represents good biz- business. And I think it's a position wherever he ends up playing, which let's discuss after this. It's a position that we need to address anyway. It's you know we we've got injury issues at left back, and we've got issues uh, in terms of our left side. So so I like it. I really like it. The the moment that the news came out, I sort of went, "Yep, yeah, makes sense. Great. Yep."
1: Uh, totally concur on on most of your points. Um, I think that he. And also thirty million in in this market is like twenty million ten years ago you know the the cost of players has gone up um and the way that you need to view that cost is is very very different nowadays um and taking a player who's won four premier leagues for for that little cost um, whilst okay he's never been a starter really in any in any true form. He's uh, had real significant moments, was a real catalyst in um, the Aston Villa fight back at the end of last season and is a is a quality, quality player who, like you say, offers us a lot of stuff um, when it comes to what I think we've moved towards nearing the end of last season. I watched the Arsenal-Leicester match um, at home at the Emirates uh, recently because it was on television. Uh, and I found it really, really fascinating because that's when we started pushing Jack. Well, that that was kind of the period when we started pushing Jack higher up the pitch and keeping Tierney a bit more in reserve. And it was really br- interesting because they keep the same line with Party and um, and Cedric a lot of the time along that kind of midfield pl- plane. And somebody in that position with the passing numbers that you're talking about is is an unbelievable asset. Um, mentality as well is a, is a big part of this and somebody who we, we want players with something to prove um, because we aren't we aren't at the level yet and, and those are the players that are, are going to take us to the next level I don't really have anything else to add on the um, on the deal front I mean people were saying it was going to co- cost 35, 40 and we've got him for 30 so you know it's obviously a good bit of negotiation
0: I suppose the the big comparison is really is with Martinez. It it looks like Arsenal were trying to fill a profile this summer, basically. You know whether we'd gone for a I think mean, it was other people linked like you know Matt Vienko and Sergio Gomez and stuff. It, it's 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 left backs nominally people who play at left back who can come and be on the inside on the interior in lane two. You know it's 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 that simple. People who who don't just play at left-back, aren't sort of get beyond whip a ball in left-backs like Tierney, someone who can come in and be really part of build-up and be central to our build-up and, and are good on the ball. That's what we're looking for. I think Martinez probably is, a, well, definitely is a stronger defender. I would say is probably better on the ball, so I don't know how that affects us. I, I don't know, but um, we'll see. Yeah, it's...
1: You have to look at you, the price differential as well. And if, that's, yeah, that's what I was the about add-ons, say If the add-ons come into fruition uh Martinez is going to cost about 54 million pounds. Yeah. You know, it's looking like 64 million euros after, you know, dividing that to make it uh into pounds sterling, it's about 54 million quid. So you're talking about nearly a 25 million pound price difference. Um for a player who's going to take no time to adapt um to the league because he's been here for 5 years. Uh, is going to take no time really to adapt to our style of play because he's been playing in a, you know, in a in a similar system and has worked with our coach before. I think as deals go, when you're comparing it to what else is out there, it's great. It's amazing value for a quality, quality player. So I'll
0: just have my fan on. I wanted you to speak for at least another 10 minutes. Um, yeah. It is it is good I, you know I, I, it's interesting when that first when you first get that number you go okay 30 million well you know what's that compared to duh, duh. and then you start to look around you go okay for someone i don't know his contract situation but i don't think he's anywhere close two to years. Okay, two years okay yeah two years um i don't think City wanted to sell apparently you know it's difficult to say but i think there's a whole you know city reject but i don't i think actually they they didn't they probably knew they were gonna to have to sell Jesus and weren't so sure on Zinchenko. He's played in a number of positions. <clears throat> we'll come to that in just a second. But I think there's a kind of acceptance in the sort of football in in those corridors of power in Arsenal and Man City that this guy wants to move on and wants to become, you know, a proper established player who is not going to be dropped and is going to be someone who is, is really important to a side. And for him to do that, I think coming to, coming to Arsenal is a, is a really smart move because he can see what we're doing. As you say, he's worked with the coach before. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking around, you're going, okay, for a player of his quality, in that position with the specificity that Arteta wants, and this is the thing, people go, oh, well, other left backs. It's like, no, 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 no. It's not other left backs. We're looking at a very, very specific type of player Someone who can come in and do a job, not just in terms of, you know, widen the build up, who can get beyond, which he can do, but someone who can invert, come inside, create the overloads on the inside, is really comfortable on the ball and can possibly uh, play in other positions. So, yeah, I think the deal itself is is good. We, we're slightly, uh, what's the word, at odds on where we think he'll play. I think he'll basically do what he did at Man City. I think he'll be a left back. I think he, in terms of, you know, as much as you can you can say someone's a left back, he will start on, you know, Sky Sports will do the graphic and he will be in the four in the defence with three midfielders, nominal midfielders a- ahead of him. I think basically, as I've said a couple of times, I think he's going to become sort of almost a midfield two or three, depending on where Tomiyasu sits and allowing that sort of left eight to sit further forward, I think he's going to become crucial to our build-up. And I think him and Partey, with their abilities on the ball, um, I think it's really exciting. And I think also something that's underrated about Zinchenko in terms of his build-up is he's got this lovely switch out to the right-hand side, which we don't really have at the moment. We have Ben, ben White, doesn't really play that ball very often. He doesn't quite open out his body and play it to the right. He can switch it uh, sort of off his right over to the left-hand side. Um, and I actually think Ramsdale is actually more comfortable hitting it over off his right to the left-hand side. It's almost more across his body. Zinchenko off his left can play it a little bit further over to to Saka and there's so many clips of him hitting the ball out to Mahrez, um and oh. playing that ball. So I think he's going to become a lot more influential in the build-up. Essentially, if you want to think about it in a way, a sort of 2-3-5 with the five lanes being taken up by Martinelli, Saka, Jesus, and the two eights behind them. That's how I think it's going to be. I don't know that, of course. Um, I think there will be games where he plays more as the left eight. I, I, I'm sure there will be. But I imagine in most Premier League matches, in the latter stage of the Europa League, I think he'll be our our left back. and And, and also... People are concerned about this, you know, what this means for Kieran Tierney. And I would be if I was Kieran Tierney as well, because I think this is, we're moving away from that type of player. But we're not, we, we shouldn't be afraid of having two good players. You know, it's, yeah. it's okay. You know, if you look around at the top teams, they have two good players and everybody, and I say top teams, I mean, you know, the proper, the properly good teams, Liverpool, Man City, Madrid's, et cetera. If you look at that Madrid midfield, so we talk about Liverpool Man City all the time. Look at that Madrid midfield. Casemiro, Modric, Cruz, fine. Chouameni, Valverde, Camavinga. You know, that that is an unbelievable amount of depth. And the moment we try and sign a left-back, who because we, we had someone who's injured for so long, we're complaining about Nuno Tavares all season, then we go and get a left-back and people go, well, what does it mean for Tini?" And I'm going, do you want to be a big club or not? Like, we, we have to yeah. do
1: this, you know, so... You have to when if you want to be successful, you have to kill your darlings. You do. There has to come moments where you decide to move on if it is going to be for the best interests of the club and the ambitions moving forward.
0: But move. And but, it, Kieran
1: Tierney's no, but Kieran Tierney's injuries have derailed two seasons in a row. But just to they be clear, have massive, massive impact.
0: Move on doesn't mean move the player on.
1: No, but it might do. Even if it does, you know, it, or, or move on in the sense of he has a more of more of a squad option yeah that's he's what i more mean of a, rather, then we have two good than, options than a, yeah of course absolutely and it might end up that we do move him on because he's he'll be on high wages and 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 whatever but that 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 man's injuries have derailed two seasons for us we can't keep complaining about it and then being surprised when the club do something about it um on where he'll play, I think there, there will be a very, very clear marker as to, as to you know, where he'll play minutes this season. And that will be if we bring in a left eight. If we bring in Tielemans, I think he's he's a left back from, you know, because then you're looking at having uh, Smith Rowe, Tielemans and Jacker. If he's still at the club, come the end of the window, who can play that left eight? Um, i don't think he would play the right eight because if you look at the profile of people that we've we've recruited for that right hand side eight it's not it's not zinchenko uh and it's it's um it's something completely different um so if we if we bring in another eight i think that's that's kind of a very very large and clear indicator on where he'll be but i would not be surprised if we didn't I would not be surprised if we didn't bring in a left eight, we kept Xhaka, we've got then Zinchenko, Smithrow and Xhaka who can all play that left eight. Zinchenko can also cover at left back. Tierney can play left back. You know, we'd we'd have an absolute plethora of options. Um, I just, I don't know if it's as set in stone that he will be the left back purely because, you know, he he's come through as a midfielder. He's been described by, you know, coaches and managers as his best be- position being further forward in those pockets. So I wonder whether that's where we will see him, wh- where we see him. But, we will know very quickly. We'll we'll know within the first few games of the season, because I don't think Tierney's going to be fully fit for the first few games of the season. You know, he's coming off of a very serious injury that kept him out for a long time. I wouldn't be surprised if Zinchenko started at Crystal Palace. Um, but we will, these are, these are things to worry about like later down the line, because we'll be told them, you know, let's not worry about where he's going to play. It will become painfully obvious with the rest of the business that we do. Um, but when it comes to squad registration, I don't. I I think that having a player like Zinchenko, because we are we have a lot of players and we are starting to get to the point where I'm going, we're we're near the limit and if we don't start shifting out some players, I don't see us bringing anyone other than a winger in. If you know moving forward, um, yeah, I I I I think it it's. You can stake your claim based on, based on, you know, opinions or what you, th- but it, it could literally be anything. It could, li- like he could be the left eight from now on. That wouldn't surprise me just as it wouldn't surprise me as being a left back. Nothing's guaranteed. We don't, we don't know. Um, but, but there are, there, there will be some signs in the coming weeks that will tell us that. Yeah. So let's wait for them.
0: Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think we, we shouldn't jump to conclusions. But I... T- t- two things, just to come back on a couple of things. Well, firstly, that Arteta was the person, according to this uh, guy I listened to from Manchester Evening News, Arteta was the person who told Guagliola that he thinks he could play left-back. So, you know, doesn't mean he's going to play left-back, but it's again, it's one of these kind of signs. I think on the teeny thing, you're kind of saying what I think the mentality we need to get past is that we go... Oh... Zinchenko's coming in, well, it, at some point we'll have to move on from Tierney. And I'm going, if that's a different if we want two players in the same style, okay, fine. But if we want just two top quality left backs, I actually think it's better to go. We've got one guy who's a proper 1v1 defender, gets to the byline, whips the ball in, proper engine, up and down, doesn't really invert. Another guy, much better on the ball, comes inside, can contribute to the build-up a little bit more, etc. etc. Those are two great options. So why not do everything we can to hold on to them? You know, that, that, that's, that's my, that's my point is that, you know, I think what happens is we go, oh, we're going to get this guy. So eventually so-and-so will move on. Why? Uh,
1: I think, I think about Tierney moving on more from the standpoint of, it, it would be great to have two options if the, if the second option is available, you know, like (laughs) Tierney seems to be made of paper and, I would not be surprised if he gets another injury this season, and then I'm starting to go. We should sell Tierney and bring in a second option who's more reliable, because you, no matter how many good good players you have in positions, if we come up against the team where we need Tierney's skill set and Tierney is unavailable through injury, that's a problem, and that is a problem that I'm bored of Arsenal facing. I, I'm not talking from the point of view of keeping two different options of a high quality. The height, the the most important thing for 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 a footballer is being available, and Tierney has not been available enough. He's missed over a season's worth of football in his Arsenal career through injury. That's not good enough. And if another serious injury keeps him out for for a couple of months this season, I would consider moving him on and and bringing in a high quality second option because what's the point of having a high quality second option that's never fit and available because he's playing through pain or you know getting himself injured on on Scotland duty uh, you know yeah if that if that's the reason you moving him on moving him on fine
0: but I I, yeah. I I do think a lot of fans think we've got a good come, come someone coming in so the other guy's got to go and I, and i just go i think we have to start shifting that a little bit and uh, and the second thing on the left eight As you say, I I don't, I don't know. I don't know. My suspicion is he'll play left back from what we know, but I I don't know. I just think, because actually I think he's best in those zones. I think he is best and he is good on the outside. If you, if you think he's got something like the, he's in like the 98th percentile for assists from that position. Like he, he is a really good fullback and, and basically supposedly can play anywhere. Apparently when he was shifting to be a left back, he, um, followed Vincent Company around the training ground and was asking about defensive tips and all this sort of stuff. You know, he's someone who's w- basically willing to play anywhere and I think he just wants to play more. I think the reason he won't play left eight is I think we want someone a bit more powerful in there, someone who's a bit more two-way, someone who can jump in a bit more. I think we're also going to ask our fullbacks in the same way that uh, City do to, um, to invert and stop transitions. And I think Zinchenko can be quite good at that and has done that quite well. So... Look, we don't know. we as you say, we're, we're doing, we're conjecturing. But I, my suspicion would be, if Guardiola and Arteta him as a left back for that amount of time, and you're spending thirty million on him, you're not bringing him in to do a different job. That's my, that's my suspicion.
1: Yes, but when you've got the likes of Bernardo Silva, Ilkay Gundogan, Phil Foden, Kevin De Bruyne occupying those midfield spaces, you start to. Put different qualities elsewhere, and I don't know if I agree about if you look at what we're targeting. You said like we want somebody a bit more powerful and somebody who's a bit two ways. The main target that we're linked to is Yuri Tillemans and those are not things that Yuri Tillemans is. He is a passing hub and a, 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 an elite one, in my opinion. But two superlatives I would not label him are powerful or particularly two way. So, I think that from our midfielders, we are wanting them to focus on because in in eighty percent of our games throughout this season, we are going to see high volume of possession, and we're going to need people who can pick locks who can pass well and who can kill off games with it with the you know the thousand two thousand passes and that's why I could see him playing in that that left eight because he has the ability to be an absolute pass monster. And I, I, I I don't, I, here's the thing. I think it's more about the 12 months ahead rather than the future. I do think his future at Arsenal is as a left back. But I think if you're looking at the squad registration rules and going, maybe there's no specific main suitor for Xhaka. And, you know, you're looking at the pure numbers that we currently have in the squad Having Zinchenko there as that left eight, not bringing Yuri Tillemans in, and as somebody who, in the case of Tierney, getting injured again, goes to left back and we play Xhaka, that might be what we look to do for 12 months. And then once we're able to move more on, we can we can focus on him at left back and whoever at central midfield. Um but there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of variables that could have a real impact on where he plays and not all of them are in Arsenal's hands. If nobody comes in for Xhaka and we need to get him out for registration rules to bring in Tielemans, I could see Zinchenko picking up, you know, big amounts of minutes as that left eight. Move more on. Harsh on Cedric, Um <coughs> <coughs>
0: Jesus. <laughs> I genuinely have COVID by the way it sounded like a joke I do have it um, my partner's in bed with it so uh, yeah we are from. Um, oh bless it's a <laughs> nightmare Jesus Christ um, yeah it I I don't want to make any huge sort of claims because I, I hear your argument and it could just be as you say the next 12 months and I also hear your argument about you know he had De Bruyne and Gundogan and Foden etc cetera, etc cetera, ahead of him My feeling on Tillemans, I think he had something like the second most ball recoveries in the league. I guess it all depends on balance, right? And I actually, I also said that I think um, Erdogan will swap to the left. And as someone who's a bit more pressy and a bit more runny in that position, I don't know. It all depends on balance. And as you say, we're not going to know until we see it. We, we, until we see it on the pitch. And it may well be that Arteta tries, tries Zinchenko at left-back. It doesn't quite work with, say, say it's Erdogan or Vieira for the first couple of games of the season. It's not working, so Vieira comes to the midfield and we stick, I don't know, Tommy Asso at left-back or whatever and we have Saliba right-back. You know, we, we're going to see a bit of variation. And as we said earlier, if we're getting to these positions where we're going, right, we're going to change to 3-5-2, we're going to move into a, a more of a sort of uh, fluid 3-4-3, whatever it is, you know, all these things are kind of guides, right? But you know, the sort of the as we move through different ways of 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 build up and that being out of possession and in possession, we may see Zinchenko picking up lots of different positions. We might even see him at left wing back. I mean, who knows?
1: You know, I do think he's got that sort of ability on the outside, especially in this kind of link up. So to cut across you as well, especially seeing as we won, you know, an FA Cup with Tierney at left centre back. Yeah, and yeah. he's played left centre back a lot in a three yeah. so that's also something to note that with this newfound 3-5-2 we have a you know a left back who can play left centre back and in, in attacking phases can obviously go out to that channel
0: I think it's really exciting and this is why I say oh, this yeah. is why I bring up variability and why I bring up the sort of versatility of the players and the players that Mikel's um look going after there feels to me a real um, acceptance that when you can't get the, your Dusan Blahovic, it's your absolute set number nines or your uh, you know you can't we can't go after an Erling Haaland. You know it's just not going to happen. An Erling Haaland isn't gonna, isn't going to be picking up <laughs> balls in the right half space. Do you know what I mean? He is, he is your finisher. He's your get the ball and run. We ca- we have to be more clever. We have to be more adaptable. We have to be more 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 sensible and players like Zinchenko who have that incredible technical quality, who aren't pressed, just, just, it just doesn't happen. And, and and actually an interesting thing in the analysis, I've got a video coming out about him is that it's that same thing that we have with Ben White, where we noticed the move from David Luiz to Ben White being that people just sat that, Couple f- yards further off, because they know he can play a line breaker. He can go around you. He can go through. you, He can go over you. Mm. When you know all of those things, David Luiz could go through you. He could sometimes go over you, and he couldn't really go around you.
1: He not at the age that we had, him at. No, 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 like exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: So, and he couldn't recover. So, so he couldn't step out and go that a little bit further. So people knew that and would come come to him. When you look at a. Uh, let's just call it a group. When you, when you look at a group of Zinchenko, White, Gabriel, Saliba, Partey, Erdegaard, uh, you're looking at people who are very, very, very good on the ball, who can hold on to the mm. ball, give it to each other and keep it. So the press has to be different. And then people will stop coming on to us. We can sit further up, etc., etc., and And, and we're away. So it's very exciting regardless. I, you know, I, I am still of the opinion that Zinchenko will play left back for us, but I can absolutely see him coming into oh, I eight. think he will. And again, and again, will. these are all guides he'll... in terms because of.
1: Because yeah. you also have to consider as well, we're gonna play sixty something games next season. If, for example, both of them say say they, they halved the minutes that it say let's play sixty games next season and we halved the amount of minutes, I think it the maths works out at like twenty eight hundred minutes across that position, uh, for each player per season, but for the season. So you're thinking like nearly 3000 minutes in both of those players' legs. Like that's a, that's a, that's a large amount of football. I don't think he's only going to feature in the midfield. I just wouldn't be surprised if, especially, um, because I think with the Europa League as well, there's, there's, there's almost a distinguished two halves of the season. You can afford in the group stage, And, you know, those first few rounds, depending on who you're drawn against, to play slightly different people. And I would wonder if whilst we're in that stage of the season, we have him in the centre of midfield and have Kieran Tierney at left back. And then when we move to a bit more of a, a competitive mindset when you know we're getting latter into compositions we move Zinchenko to left back and have Smithrow in that left eight or have Xhaka in that left eight to give us a bit more either solidity or a bit more explosiveness um for those kind of knockout games or kind of game deciding moments come later in the season you know it it, with the Europa League it really is a tale of kind of two two halves of a whole that are going to be completely different so um that, I think, is where we might see some variation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Brad, here do we go. Is it, He has tweeted the here we go. Here we go.
0: Here we go. <sighs> yeah. It's, it's, it's... Publish the video. right. Publish the video right now, live on pod. <laughs> do it.
1: No, no, no. Come on, do it. Get get YouTube up.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm publishing it. It's been ready to live. go. It's going live. Go check out the different Not YouTube channel. The assessed Alexander Sinchenko video is live there we go lovely stuff yeah lots of minutes to go around mate and and ultimately there's as we say if we accept there's going to be this uh, crazy amount of variance we have to accept that players will play in different positions so it's Absolutely. options. It's options, and the most exciting part. I mean, we we can get all cerebral about it, but ultimately, it's fucking exciting. We've got a player who's really oh, fucking good at football. Is, yeah, mate. <laughs> you know I mean, like <laughs> it's so sick. He's really good at football, and he's and, and another thing as well. He's captain of the Ukraine national team in the same way that you know Sambi Lukonga was captain of Anderlecht, Erdogan's captain of Norway. He, he he joins this group of players uh, that are that are leaders. So look, um, yeah, really excited. Who do we go Alexander sinchenko who do we go? And I think I think he might be one of the most interesting players next season in terms of structure and system and how we move him around I wouldn't be surprised mm. either if we saw him on the other side I think he's better on the left but I wouldn't be surprised if at some points this season we saw him popping up in different positions um mm. maybe even in the midfield three who knows yep right uh, new winger a new winger yes that's the last thing on the agenda for today. The potential of a new winger. We don't have any names, obviously. There's a few that have been rumoured, but... Yes. And my suspicion is it's going to be a Rafinha-esque thing because similarly to... We, we don't know the other targets we we're looking at in terms of the Vieira thing, but if we're looking at the Inchenko thing, we were obviously looking for something very specific, right? That's, mm-hmm. again, another one of the reasons why I think you will play left-back because of the Martinez thing. But the... The Rafinha thing felt like a very specific guy. Someone who could come in, play both sides, predominantly off the right coming in on his left in a similar kind of way to Saka. Uh, I think that ball out to the left and someone cutting inside is something Arteta really likes. Um, So it's going to be someone like that. I'm interested to see who it is. I suppose what are our expectations? I think it's got to be someone who can play both sides. I suppose it's got to be someone who can add... Let's say 10 goals, 10, you know, perhaps 15, 15 to 20 goals and assists in a season. Ideally, you know, uh, depends on how much playtime they get. But as you said, there's so many minutes and that's across all competitions. So someone who can come in, I don't think Marquinhos is going to be that player for us. I think we will go big on a winger. Um, <coughs> we've seen the Sane links and I'm not, I'm not even going to entertain them. Oh mate, not even going Let to me entertain dream. them. Um, but yeah, what what do you think that player needs to look like? Uh,
1: I think it's it has to be somebody of a of a more peak age, looks like Leroy <laughs> It does look like Leroy Sane, somebody kind of between the age of twenty four and twenty seven, predominantly off the left, but could play the right, um, and is left footed for me because I think now with Jesus, Enketia and Martinelli, we have three right footers, and Saka and a new a new guy with a left foot. I think would be would aid the kind of angles. Um but purely because Sane has been linked, I think he would if you look at that as as a as a template, somebody who's spent significant time on the left coming in with that left foot, that is the doorbell. Um, it can be left because it's just my parents getting home. Um Should we go and let them in. <laughs> No 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 it's it's not the doorbell it's they've got one of those ring ones that oh, when when you walk past it sets it off. Um yeah I think that it will be somebody of an older age who probably will take Martinelli's position because Martinelli is young he is still developing and whilst uh, I think he's amazing and really exciting and I would want him in in the first 11 for the season because I think he could be a real real world class talent. Um we don't have time to wait. And if he isn't going to contribute enough goals and assists wise, we need to get somebody in who can start and do and do the same thing. So um, I think that's probably what it will be. You know, Bukayo Saka is one of the top two, top three right wingers in the league. You don't you don't move that kind of player from their position. Martinelli is not yet one of the best left wingers in the league. There's about six or seven better than him. So you can if you can get somebody in. Of the ilk, And this is why it's important to note, it, for me, it has to be big. It has to be of the ilk of a Sane or of a Moussa Diaby or of somebody of real, real quality. Otherwise, what is the point? We've got young prospects. We need somebody of a peak age who looks brilliant, who can come in and you can make the argument that they take that place. You know, that's the whole point. It's bringing somebody in to to put danger on the mind of of centre backs and, and right backs in the league. There's no point bringing in a you know that whilst he may be a very talented the guy from Lille, I think it, it does have to be somebody who can put up numbers mm, this season. Yeah. Um so I wouldn't be surprised if we see Martinelli drop to a more rotation option, especially with the Europa League this season. Yeah. Because he's still unbelievably young.
0: Yeah, I, I think this one currently depends on outgoings because I think they'll want it to be a statement signing, possibly later on in the window. And this might be one of those ones where something shakes loose. You know, a big a big thing happens. Someone comes in at a big club, and you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm ne- not for one minute suggesting Ansu Fatty or something, but uh, you know, someone of that ilk. You know, there's a kind of you know something moves something changes at a big club someone falls out with the club and, and there's a sort of deadline day-esque thing and I think it would be it would need to be a kind of statement player or we can just stick with the wide options we have we know we, we could stick if Saka's tiring in, late on in a game we stick Jesus out there or we bring Marquinhos on or you know or something you know whatever or Omar, Omari Hutchinson <laughs> I never saw him play but he's the best player in the world
1: um We've still got Pepe at the club still as well. Still got Pepe, yeah, exactly. You know, so I, we've got to get rid of him before we sign
0: fucking anyone. Exactly. So so we, 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 we've got to do a lot of stuff before that happens. I don't think we'll see that soon. I think after the Zinchenko move, we'll start to look at that midfield if we're going to do that. If that's going to happen, I think the, mm-hmm. the Tielemans thing will happen fairly soon or someone else will come in. And then I think the final thing in the window will be a forward player, I imagine in a sort of... In a in a kind of capacity where they're going, look, we have to get if we want to do this, we have to go big. And I think you're right on on Martinelli. You know, he's 20. What's he? 2021. 20, and as good as he is, he's not top three in the league. He's not. So. You know, Jesus, I would say, is getting up there with one of the best strikers in the league. Saka is one of the best right wingers in the league. I'd say Partey is one of the best lone sixes in the league. You know, we're starting to get towards that sort of, you know, if we want to be top four, we have to have the best players and, you know, some of the best players in the league. So if we can improve, we, we should. And, uh, and mm-hmm. that's a position that feels like it, it,
1: it could be done. And the, uh, the reason that I think Sane is a possibility, they've just signed fucking Sadi Amane, a left winger. You know, whilst they've let go of Robert Lewandowski, it depends who they bring in, and you know, contract ending in twenty twenty five. If he's not wanted there, Sane would be a lethal option. Could you imagine a front line of Sane, Jesus, and Saka? Are you like that? That then becomes, and then the fourth, op- the fourth and fifth option of Martinelli and Enketia is that's one of the best group. That's that's up there. You know, that's really up there. Sane, Jesus, Saka, and Martinelli is unbelievable it's third in the league maybe fourth
0: don't make me dream Brad don't make me dream I'm dreaming I'm dreaming Alex I'm dreaming of a Leroy sunny Sunny. mate I can't fucking sing Christmas songs in this heat Jesus right just got time Brad for a little bit of us the trivia your theme last time was Arsenal transfer sagas and the question was, who does Jan Mvia now play for? Who does perennially linked to Arsenal player and Via play for?
1: Isn't it like, is it Ali Alil or something in like Saudi Arabia? It's Olympiakos. Is it Olympiakos? It's
0: Olympiakos. Last time I checked, he might have actually moved since then. Yeah, no, he plays for Olympiakos. and Mvia, what a man. He was linked literally every summer. Do you remember when he was at Wren and just every, literally, and then he went to Sunderland, didn't he? Yes. What a man, what a man. And uh, the theme for this week was uh, Jack Wilshere after he retired last week. And the question this week is this, simple one. How tall is Jack Wilshere? In feet and Ooh. inches, how tall is Jack Wilshere? And a theme oh, for next week, please, brother.
1: Congratulations Bradley. on his new job, eh? Yeah. That's, that's been announced.
0: Six foot taller now. We're
1: getting, uh, we're getting the Arsenal the Arsenal the Arsenal DNA back into the club. Uh, I'm going to say I don't know if we've ever had one. Ukrainian players for Arsenal. Ukrainian players. I'm sure we have. Ukrainian players for Arsenal. And if we haven't, uh do kind of Eastern European players for Arsenal. Okay. If if we haven't had a Ukrainian. Same thing, really, Ukraine and Eastern Europe. It's all the same thing, really.
0: That was a joke. Taking the piss out of Brad uh <clears throat> right brad um i'm gonna go sleep off this covid and
1: i'm gonna go watch your youtube video turn
0: the aircon on thanks mate leave us a comment you know you know a comment give me a comment give me a little i like every video thanks mate it's... just give me a little like give me a little have you subscribed yeah of course i have thanks mate appreciate it um well look zinchenko sounds like it's uh, confirmed the Here We Go. The Here We Go has happened. So we can enjoy that. And I think as I say, he, he's gonna be a very, very interesting player to to look at this season. Um and yeah, I mean I wait to see who this winger target is. We'll see. But I, I, I have a feeling we're gonna be moving into an exciting period of the window and also
1: Leroy Jenkins. Have you ever seen that video?
0: <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Um oh. And also, what's <laughs> interesting oh, is I realised that I think, is it true that by this time last summer we'd only signed Nuno Tavares?
1: Nuno Tavares. Yeah, I meant to say that earlier. We're learning from last season. This, I, I, don't, this, I think this was like a week ago. A week ago, by that point in the summer, we'd only signed Nuno Tavares. Just saying, if Arsenal had signed this summer,
0: Fraser Forster, Ivan Perisic, Jed Spence, Eve Basuma, and is there other one?
1: Um, oh, Longley. Longley.
0: People will be having yeah. a field day, and that genuinely, genuinely, if we played a two, Basuma would get in our team. None of the rest of them would. Oh, and Richardson. None of the rest Rich of them Richarlison
1: would. wouldn't get Richardson wouldn't get in our. That's team.
0: what I'm saying. Would not get in our team. Just saying. Just saying. Thanks as always for listening. Keep a imagine, different
1: knock. Wait, Im, wait, imagine, imagine you've got Champions League football and those are the, those are the players you're bringing in. Fuming.
0: <laughs> what are you doing? Fuming. Thanks as always for listening. Keep a different knock. And we will see you later.
1: Later. Peace. Peace.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com, find us on Twitter at Diff and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. Podcast Network.